This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Thank you, thank you. I just cleared injury protocol. It's good to be back. Last week was once again a winning weekend. Plus, on Monday, I gave you not one, but two winners. Hooray for me and Will Levis. Mayo coffees for everybody. Coming up, we've got Super Bowl MVP Phil Sims joining us. He's got so much insight. I promise you'll be smarter after listening to him. He'll tell us why Cleveland might actually be even scarier with Joe Flacco at quarterback and someone who's never a backup to anyone. Brother Bry returns to the handicapping hot seat. We'll break down all the Week 15 games as my Cowboys go for number six in a row against the Buffalo Bills. Plus, it's a football-filled weekend in Wager Rager. I'll tell you why Saturday games equal good news for fans, but bad news for nuptials. But before any of that, let's recap that Raiders-Chargers disaster of a game in a segment that just signed with Tommy DeVito's agent. It's Cover 4! All right, so the Raiders won last night, 63-21. But this game was over early. Like, I think Devontae Adams was in the second trimester or something. And if you thought the Chargers' offensive line had a tough assignment blocking Max Crosby, Amazon Prime sideline reporter Kaylee Hartung had the task of interviewing Chargers, not for long head coach Brandon Staley, down 42-0, heading into halftime. And at this point, she could have asked him anything. Coach, have you seen the new Willy Wonka movie? Coach, What's the appropriate amount to spend on a white elephant gift? Coach, do you miss the McRib? All good options, but instead, Kaylee went with this old classic. Brandon, how do you describe the performance of your team in the first half? This wasn't good enough. That wasn't us out there. You know, did not come ready to play. You know, second half, we got to fight for pride, but uh, it's a good group. We got to regroup at halftime, come out and try to play a better second half. Wow, good for Brandon Staley. I think I would have just started crying. Thankfully, Kaylee didn't interview me last week after I lost in fantasy to my friend Harry by a point. She probably would have laughed as I grabbed the elf on the shelf and chucked it right through the flat screen. I might have anger issues, and Brandon Staley definitely has employment issues. Coming too. All right, this NFL season has made less sense than the new Scorsese movie. Last week, the Raiders scored zero points. Last night, they scored a franchise record 63 points. And it's not like this was different months of the season. This was just last week. Technically, the same week if you're one of those lunatics who believes the week begins on Sunday. But think about it. They couldn't even manage a field goal against the Vikings, and just four days later, 
later, they put up a 63 whopper. This wasn't Bishop Sycamore either. This was the Chargers, technically still a professional football team. And this can only mean one thing for the game next week against the Chiefs. It's actually on Christmas Day. The Raiders will either score 70 or give up 70 or both. And odds of that are about the same as Andy Reid getting caught in your chimney. Pretty damn good. Cover three. All right, this year has provided us with a never-ending carousel of quarterback backups. From Aiden to Zappi, they've all ditched the clipboard to take big boy snaps. And so with Justin Herbert out last night, it was the Chargers' turn to test out the understudy. This one they call... Easton Stick. Yes, Easton Stick is a real name, even though it sounds like he'd be one of the characters in a Key and Peel sketch, or a deodorant Pete Rose would be forced to endorse in an effort to pay off gambling debts. But there Easton Stick was, for real, last night, and he had three touchdown passes. Lucky garbage time points, but still not so bad compared to the rest of the ne'er-do-wells wearing the same jersey. Regardless, I wanted to learn more about Easton Stick, so I checked Wikipedia and was introduced to this great nugget. During week three of the 2020 regular season, Stick briefly entered the game after starting quarterback Justin Herbert was apparently injured. Before Stick could take the first snap of his career, however, the Chargers called a timeout and substituted Herbert back in the game. And that was the sexiest of all Easton Stick-related items. Seriously, his Wikipedia page was more boring than your kid's holiday recital. I made fun of the Will Levises of the world for putting mayo in their coffee, but damn it, at least he stands for something. I couldn't just sit back and watch as the world learned nothing about Easton Stick, so I did what any other concerned onlooker would do. I made stuff up and added it to his Wikipedia page. For instance, did you know before every game, Easton shoves 150 lucky pennies into his jockstrap? Also, Easton is a gifted breakdancer who has dreams of competing in Paris in 2024. He's allergic to kiwi. And most importantly, his middle name, Peppermint, really gets you in the mood for the holidays. Anyway, I hope you all now know a little more about Easton Stick. And I'm calling it. In nine months, look for a huge spike in new parents naming their child after sporting equipment. Number four. All right, last night we witnessed a battle, more like a skirmish, between the Chargers and the Raiders. And if you're paying attention, you know both teams recently relocated. And if we're being honest, they should probably re-relocate. I'm not saying the move didn't work out, but One Direction has a bigger fan base than these two teams. The Raiders actually had diehard fans. They all died. Trample at a monster truckathon last year. Very sad. I sent my condolences and a silver and black cheese platter. The Chargers, on the other hand, have a super fan. Not plural, one singular super fan who may or not be a paid plant. And you might think, okay, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change now after all this moving. So here's a better idea. Dean Spanos and Mark Davis just swap deeds to the stadiums. This is much easier and probably cheaper than hiring movers again. The Chargers are now called the Raiders. The Raiders are now called the Chargers. Essentially, the Raiders are back to L.A. where they belong. And, you know, I joke about the monster truck accident, but the Raiders fans are still in L.A., L.A. County Jail, but still L.A. And the Vegas Chargers will thrive in Sin City. They'll be used to having no fans in the stadium, throw in some all-you-can-eat buffet vouchers and drink tickets, and everyone's happy. This is a win-win, which might be the only future wins for two of the league's most disappointing teams. So there you have it. One more giant trade. Call it slop swap. Call it whatever you want. Just get it done, fellas. But whatever you do, please leave Austin Eckler behind. 
He deserves it for screwing me in three fantasy leagues. All right, that does it for Cover 4. Now it's time for my comedic and irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Ranger! All right, we have a huge Saturday coming up in the NFL. Three games tomorrow, all compelling. All the teams playing are somehow above 500. So I and millions of American football junkies have no choice but to watch these matchups. The problem is while every kiss begins with K, every divorce begins with Saturday kickoffs. Sad but true. I find that spouses, mine in particular, have little to no tolerance for regular season Saturday games that fall smack dab in the middle of the holiday rush. And it's hard to blame them. Try explaining how that during one of the biggest shopping days of the year, instead of helping out by patrolling the aisles of Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll be in your living room watching Browning, Buckner, and Boswell. I tried explaining to my wife that the Tush Push originated in a boisterous holiday line at Sephora. She didn't want to hear any of it. She didn't care. And I'll admit, as much as I adore the NFL, keeping up with the Derek Kardashians of the world is getting more and more difficult. The NFL should offer an advent calendar to keep track of all the games happening this month. Oh look, it's three games on Saturday, two games on a Monday, and eventually one golden ring which we all get to admire from afar. I'm going to go ahead and place blame where it rightfully belongs, on the Goodell that stole Christmas. Yes, Roger is the real Grinch, but it doesn't even matter. Football isn't going away, and so once again, it's up to me to figure out a solution for the spousal resentment. And here it is. We need to integrate the desire to watch and gamble on our favorite sport with the responsibility of knocking out our holiday shopping lists. And that's why the balls of America need to step it up. If you want football fans to shop, you need to do your part. Forever 21 should have 21 flat screens. Hey, Best Buy, you're practically a sports bar already. Go ahead and make it official. Serve wings, and they will come. And Victoria, here's your secret. Guys need football as much as our spouses need lingerie. So bring in Teddy Bridgewater to pass out lace teddies. And then, after there's a bad call in a game, disgruntled fans can take out any anger by getting in the face of Foot Locker employees, if that still even exists. Either way, I promise all you perturbed spouses out there that there is a light at the end of the touchdown tunnel. As far as I could tell, Valentine's Day is free of NFL action. That is, unless there's special Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey engagement coverage on the NFL Network. If FanDuel puts up odds, I will definitely be betting that. All right, that's the Rager. Now here's the wager. I'm taking a three-team parlay with all Saturday winners, Lions, Steelers, and Vikings. That's right, they're all going to prevail tomorrow. Pays over 7-1 to one odds, and when it hits, gifts under the tree for all. And if it loses... Well, I'll see if FanDuel offers a return policy. Hey, we have a great show for you today. Super Bowl MVP and CBS analyst Phil Simms is here. But before that, here in the handicapper hot seat, joining me to break down all the Week 15 NFL action, brother Brian Ciccoli. That happens after the break on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. 
back to Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Joining me now straight from the gymnasium where he forced his poor daughter to shoot free throws for the last six hours. Back in the handicapping hot seat, a man who's always met with, you look taller and balder in person. It's my good pal, brother Bri. What's happening, Bri? What's going on, buddy? Well, we're dressed alike, and that is embarrassing, but not <laughs> as embarrassing as last week. We suffered what we call a bedache. And this Army-Navy game, they might as well start playing it on April 1st because it really is a practical joke against us specifically. We continue to hammer the under, and this was a, a fantastic finish, if I may say so myself. Yeah, look, Sal, I, I mean, every year we've been on the under. We did it last year. We, we got screwed in, in double overtime, right? This year, it seems like, Sal, this game was 10 nothing with yeah. just a couple minutes left in the game, right? And we had under 27 and a half. Somehow it goes over on that last second safety. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was it was amazing, though, right? The Navy just started passing the ball like crazy. They looked like a professional team all of a sudden. Yeah, right? the Navy so quarterback had running. zero passing yards at half, and then all of a sudden looked like Joe Montana. And as you said, the <laughs> Army quarterback took a safety with no time left uh, yeah. to win 17-11. Good job by them screwing us over. So that's a bedache, everybody. And we are now, we put our losing behind us. We're going to hit the week 15 NFL slate. Lots of games here, Bryce. So let's just tackle them all. all right. Three on Saturday. My goodness. Lots of fun. Cincinnati, Minnesota. Cincinnati was three and a half. It went down to three. 39 and a half is the over under. The Bengals are home. Uh, what the hell happened to Josh Dobbs here? Not only was he benched, but he's not even the second string anymore, Bryce. He's the third string behind Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall. He saved their season. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, uh, you're going to, you're fumbling too much. But Yikes. Uh, I'm still taking the Vikings here. I'm taking them plus the three points. I know Madison is out. Ty Chandler is going to get reps. There's been too much love for Cincinnati. I need to see a little more out of Jake Browning before I lay points like this. I know he's connecting in almost like an 80% clip. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson plays. That makes a big difference for Nick Mullins. Dogs in low total games, almost 60% over the last five years. Bengals defense, not great. 31st in yards per play. Vikings, Covered last five off of a win. I think, you know, I'm going to pretty much take all the kitchen sink teams that need to win getting points, even if the favorite also needs to win. This is one example. I think the Vikes actually win 2016. What do you have? All right. Well, I'm going against you, sir. Give me the Bengals here. Minus three. I love that it, it dropped from three and a half. But look, two really impressive performances in a row by the Bengals, right? Jake Browning has looked like Joe Burrow for two weeks in a row. And I know you said you need to see more from him, but the guy's been phenomenal. He's completing 76% of his passes, like you said. And this this team is pretty healthy at the moment, right? And the off, the Vikings offensively have struggled badly here for the last two weeks. And I, I don't know who if Mullins is going to change that at all. Look, the guy is 5-12 and 12 in his career as a starter. Bengals continue their good play, and they cover. So I think this is a low number. Maybe it's fishy here, but I like I really like the way they're playing. Lots of fishy ones. Like 13 out yeah. of 15 lines are fishy. <laughs> all right, the other uh, second Saturday game that I'm going to have to watch between a uh, kid's wrestling tournament and birthday party is Indianapolis home laying one and a half to Pittsburgh. Again, both teams need it. This was two and a half. Went down. Uh, keep in mind my favorite bet in the world. I'm not officially going on track for this uh, for the graphic purposes, but Steelers opponent first half. Steelers to win the game pays eight to one this week. That has hit five times 
this year. So for the game, I like the Steelers to bounce back. I'm taking the one and a half. Lots of Trubisky hate, understandably so, but Minshew versus a team on extended rest that's eight or more days is 0-4 straight up, and he loses by almost 13 points a game. The Steelers' defense is rested. T.J. Watt is out of concussion protocol. I think the Steel Curtain wins at 19-14. You bet, well, you like that first half thing that I have, right? Well, look, Sal, I'm kind of stealing your bet here, but I think I'm going to go really big this weekend on the Colts minus one and a half in the first half at plus 120. The Steelers have been atrocious in the first half, right? They've been outscored by three or more in nine of their last 10 games. And listen to this. They've scored three points or less in the first half in seven of their last 10 games. That's You can't get worse than that. And then you look on the other side of the ball. Colts and Minshew, top 10 in scoring in the first half here. So they come out strong here. Um, and look, I don't know who wins this game. Maybe the Steelers win it, but I know the Colts are covering this first half. Yeah, you could go back on that trend. Remember Roethlisberger? Same thing. That put up oh, a zero yeah. or three in the first half. They've been bad for probably three or four years in the first half. It's uh, not a bad selection there. All right, the nightcap. Detroit, four and a half point favorite against Denver, who was on fire, really on fire, until Houston tripped them up and they got back on track last week against the Chargers. Everybody does, but I still don't trust this Denver team. Uh, as soon as I can lean heavy on them, I think we're going to see that 70-point defense show up again. But I don't, also don't like the Lions giving points here. They've not looked good. They can't get a stop. So what I'm doing is I'm taking their offense over 26.5 team points here. They average almost 29 per game at home. Big Jameer Gibbs game. He averages 5.4 yards per carry, now going up against the 32nd-ranked defense uh, against a run, 3-0 in primetime this year. I think they pour it on. I think they get in the low 30s offensively. Have fun with all your Detroit fantasy studs. This is 31-24 final. Afraid to give the points, but I do like the team total over. You like Denver. Well, I don't like that score at all, so, so we, we disagree <laughs> on this. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm big on the Denver plus 4.5 here. Look, Denver is 6-1 and one in their last seven with their only loss, like you said, to the Texans on a road game. That, that they really should have won. Look, this team won in Buffalo. They beat KC. They're kind of le- legit right now, and I hate it, right? Being a Raiders fan, I hate that the Broncos seem like they're pretty good again. But And then the other side, the Lions, I don't know what's happened to them. They've become a soft team, which is weird with Campbell as their head coach. They've been terrible defensively now for five straight weeks. Denver right now is the better team, and I'll gladly take the four and a half. I might even sprinkle a little bit on the money line here. Well, sprinkling some holiday dust on that. All right, uh, let's go on to Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Again, two teams that need wins here. Green Bay is favored by three and a half at home. 41 and a half is the over on there. I'm not going to get too excited about the technically first place Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a negative point differential, but I'm also not going to get too excited about Jordan Love. I had a feeling something that like this would happen. I feel like, Brian, he's somewhere between the dynamo we saw against Kansas City and what we saw Monday night against the Giants. So I'm taking Tampa Bay plus the points here. Um, I think the Bucks are slightly better. Baker, not traditionally great on the road, but they pulled it off last week. They're healthy. I think Mike Evans blows up this week. Green Bay has injuries. A.J. Dillon, broken thumb. Aaron Jones, day-to-day, 31st rushing the ball anyway, as it is. I'm not sure how they're going to move this ball against Tampa Bay. Pack coming off a short week. Give me the Bucks in this one, 26-19. You like that score? I think you do. Uh, I, I I do. I, I like that score, um, you know, because I'm going over 41 and a half. And look, both these teams, both these teams have gone over in three straight. I think Baker's going to na- make enough big plays to keep this game really close. And look, the Packers have averaged 25 points per game in their last four. I think it's a close game. If I'm taking the spread, 
I'd take Tampa too. And I, I think this is a 24, 21 type game. So that's, that's right with your number. So. All right. Uh, more NFC battles here. New Orleans, six point favorite over the giants. 37 and a half is the over under, uh, I'm enjoying the Tommy DeVito stuff, but I'm also calling it Linguini Sanity as far as Lin Sanity goes. I think this is the Italian version. The agent is great. It's all fun. But the Giants coming off a short week, emotional game. They go down the Big Easy. I'm going to lay the half dozen with New Orleans here. Giants 1-5 when throwing at least one interception this season. That's tied for fifth worst. The Saints have picked off 14 passes Third best in the NFL. I just think this is a bad matchup for the Giants. Saints undefeated versus bottom 10 pass offenses. I know you're a Derek Carr guy. You had to be when he was with uh, the Raiders. I don't know how much more I could take with the Dennis Allen-Derek Carr combo, but this is a nice spot for them. Maybe a big Camara game, 23-9, probably boring, but I'm going to give the six. You're going the other way. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants plus six. I'm really surprised, Sal, that you're willing to lay six points with the Saints here. This this team, this st- Saints team stinks. Seriously. Like, I you're, you're going to back Carr, even after his teammates have had issues with him, right? You know, they're getting into, he's getting into fights with his own center. It's not looking good there, even though I know they won a blowout the other day. But but no thanks for me. I Look, this team, this Saints team, one and five against the spread at home, right, and the lowly Panthers being the only team to not cover. And that really came down to late in that fourth quarter before they pulled away. On the other side, right, the Giants team has won three in a row, and they're playing really hard, right? So I yeah. think we're going to see one more one more week of this Linguini sanity. Is that what you said? Is that yeah, what you yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. working on it. I think I'm a syllable <laughs> off there, but, you know, it's I think so. I think we're saying one too many syllables. But, yeah. <laughs> Giants cover the six. I, I really like the Giants here. I think it's way too much. This should be like, it should be four and a half or something. Six is too many. Could this be, but we always see like a backup, not that Jordan loves a backup, but somebody who we consider the bottom 10 quarterback has a big game and then they come back to earth. Might be the same, I'm thinking, with Tommy DeVito, unless that agent has, you know, made some calls and told all the defensive players to back off. <laughs> I could see that happening too. It's very, very strange stuff going Possibly. on. All right. Atlanta, Carolina. Uh, I hate this game. The NFC is such a such a mess. NFC South. Atlanta, three point favorite, thirty four and a half at Carolina. Um, I, I might make this my rat line of the week on Ringer Wise Guys. I don't know how anyone could give Carolina only three points. The Saints, as bad as you said they are, they ended up crushing Carolina. But uh, they're a one-win team. But this is a similar spot to when the Texans went to Carolina. I think it was also three, and they lost. That's how Carolina notched their first and only one. I'm still going to go with the Panthers here, plus the three points. Um, this is their first home game in a month, and Atlanta's had some clunkers on the road, too, at the Bucks, at the Jets. I know he's good for a couple good throws a game, but I'm not really even sure that Desmond Ritter is better than Bryce Young. I'm going to take the points here with not a much, not much, by the way, of trends to back it up. I think it's a 17-16 final. Give me the Panthers. Well, look, yes, I'm, t- I'm going against you again here. I'm taking the Falcons <laughs> minus three. And look, I felt the same way. Not a lot of trends are good in this matchup, right? The Falcons have been bad on the road. The Panthers have been getting blown out at home. Uh, and look, I, I'm, I actually, I was always a Bryce Young supporter here, not even a hater, but the talent on this team is just really bad. There's no receivers, no offensive line. The one thing I think you could say is the Falcons defense will be the best unit on the field in this game. And even mm-hmm. against Tampa, I know they gave up points, but a lot of that had to do with the Falcons offense, putting them in bad position. So I just can't trust this Panthers one win team, even though defensively, I think they've been solid over the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to say this is similar to the last game they played earlier in the season. 
the Falcons win 17 to 10. Mm, all right. Well, we both have the 17, 17 in there. Can someone yep. tell the Panthers that they don't get that? They don't have to keep losing. They 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 don't get that pick no matter what, right? I don't uh, think they know. I think you could have been. A, is this the worst spot a team's ever been in? Like it's pretty bad. I right? don't think it gets worse than yeah. this. It's like yeah, they they have to every week announce that they're trying. All right, uh, another South matchup this time on the AFC side. Uh, these, these South games. This is Tennessee three point favorite. Went from two and a half to three. 37 and a half against Houston. I don't like this at all. I see these South games. I take a deep breath and then I pull out my coin. Uh, Tennessee was fun Monday night, although my accountant might um, disagree with that. I lost a lot of money with those Dolphins. CJ Stroud not yet cleared to play, but I'm hearing he will. I have some really, really good sources out there, bro. You know that. I'm going to bet the Texans to stay within a touchdown, but on a teaser. That's why I'm taking with teaser over 31 and a half. Getting the plus nine. I see some scoring. Stroud, if he plays third in the league with 280 passing yards per game. Titans 30th at forcing turnovers, which has been a problem for Stroud lately. I don't think it will. Meanwhile, Davis Mills start six and three against the spread on the road. I think it's going to be high scoring. 27-23 final. You're going Texans. Big boy bet. Plus three. Yeah, ooh, high scoring. But yeah, I'm going to take the Texans plus three. And look, that sounds great. I mean, if Stroud is set in plays, that's that's awesome. Because I was just factoring in that Davis Mills is probably going to play this game. And even though he he lost a ton of games last year, but he was still even a serviceable backup. So, you know, he beat the the Titans 19-14 on Christmas Eve last year. So I don't know if it really matters who is the quarterback here. Texans, aside from this past game, in bad weather on the road, they've been competitive all year every one of their games is usually very close yeah. again now uh, you know you go afc south here these games are typically really close within a field goal so i i'd gladly take the points here all right all of a sudden we have a good one this this is a matchup we might want to tune in for the dolphins against the jets dolphins went to nine nine point favorite at home 39 is the over under remember i don't know if this is a black friday revenge game remember the day after thanksgiving they played it was a blowout 34 13 they threw something that we'll probably never see again a hail mary six but that wasn't the great zach wilson in there that was aaron Rodgers' friend who he had uh filling in like a waitress who has to uh, skip her shift you have to replace yourself that's what aaron Rodgers did uh dolphins crushed me monday so that's probably why i'm mad but i'm still going to take the jets and the points i still think that's the smart one i I didn't like the body language Miami showed, even when they were winning Monday. Tua, not elusive at all. I don't trust this Tyreek Hill situation right now, taking himself out of the game. Meanwhile, the Jets are second against the pass. We shouldn't like the Jets under any circumstances as much, but I expect another lackluster performance by the Finns in a winning effort, 23-17, somewhere in there. What do you got? Yeah, look, we're on the same page here. I, you know, I have, I'm taking the points too with the Jets, but I have a lot of concerns right now with this Dolphins team. And especially, I think you, most of it's on the injury, injury list, right? Like this whole roster is mm-hmm. pretty much a question mark this week. They're going to be missing at least one lineman. You don't know Hill's status. Even if he does play, you know, he's not going to be hundred percent. That was bad. Look like what happened to his ankle the other day. And now this Jets team coming off possibly their best overall performance of the season and, and like you said, let's not forget, it was 10-6 in this game when these two teams played before Boyle threw that Hail Mary right. uh, to the other team there. Uh, so this line, I think it's just a little too high here. It's yeah. too high. So I'm, I'm backing. I'm back on the Zach Wilson train and, and the plus nine. 
All right. That, that might be one we win. Out of the uh, eight we picked, that might be one. But listen, we've reached our halftime, and we're going to retape our ankles. We're going to knock out the rest of Week 15 slate. Plus, Bri, later on, we've got Phil Simms. Will he answer the awkward question that Phil Simmons wants me to ask him? I hope not. All that and more when Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend returns. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Brother Bry is with us. We went over a bunch of games. Still a few left in the Week 15 slate. Great weekend, by the way. Five bowl games is a fun UFC card. Let's go over another game that belongs in the octagon, a battle between two North teams from different conferences. This is Cleveland, a three-point favorite against Chicago. People are saying this is a rat line. 37.5 is the over-under. Brown's looking for win number nine. Uh, it's going to have to come up against a, a hot Bears team, which I can't believe I'm actually saying this. Justin Fields may have saved his job. We're going to see how the last month treats him and the Bears organization. Again, this line is radish. You have a playoff team who's laying three points at home against a squad playing well, but a couple weeks ago vying for the number one pick. So I'm going to take Cleveland, given the three. Um, I feel better that it's at three right now. The Browns five and one in games. They played as a money line favorite. Flacco should be able to open up a little bit. Bears are 23rd versus the pass. Fields and the 26th ranked offense is going to have to throw against the number one pass defense and top five this century. That is no joke. I don't think they could do it. Hard to come from behind against this Browns team. We saw what uh, Jacksonville fell short last week. Brownies win it 26-10. Bry, 26-10, does that work for you? Uh, it does. It does, because I have the under 37 and a half. I have to do some math here. Uh, yeah. But look, it, it's weird that the Browns defense, uh, fantastic against the pass, but they've been really good at home, but terrible on the road. I don't know why that is, right? They give up mm. a ton of points on the road, but they've been phenomenal at home. Uh, they're just a whole different animal here. Uh, so I don't expect, you know, you, Cleveland, the last couple of games, scored a plethora of points. A, a plethora of, points i don't expect a ton here and look the bears are just playing much better defense right only giving up 23 points in the last two right and and they shut down the lines here so i think they can shut down flacco and cleveland a little bit and and they're not they're not going to score many points themselves here chicago all right speaking of not scoring many points the patriots were garbage 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 for three three weeks and then came up against the steelers of course we all had the under and that one last thursday night and uh they taught us a lesson but now this week the chiefs Eight and a half point favorite. They went down from nine in Foxborough. The easy way to look at this, Bri, is KC coming off two straight losses. The Patriots have been terrible, except for that surprise win in Pittsburgh. The Chiefs should roll. 
I'm not seeing it that way. Not so fast. I think there are real issues for the Chiefs catching the ball. They're on the same pit. Little little tantrums by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They don't go up and down the field offensively like they used to. I'm going to take New England plus the points here. It's counterintuitive, but teams that win less than 25% of their games cover at a 57% rate when getting seven or more points at home. They are top three against the run, the Patriots are. They're top six defensively in the red zone. That's a big stat when you're dealing with the Chiefs. I think they do enough to keep it close. Zappy makes you happy. 23-19, you're with me. You're getting the eight and a half. Yeah, I'm with you, Sal. What's going on with us, right? We're taking the Patriots. We're taking the Jets here. And look, do the Chiefs come out angry and just wipe the floor with the Pats? Maybe. But from what we've seen, right, the, the Chiefs the Chiefs can't pull away from anyone, right? They've lost four of their last six. And in those six games, they've only averaged 19 points. Now, you go to the Pats, who've only given up 11 points per game over the last four. I think I saw enough from Zappy Sal, to say, you know, I think he can keep this line within eight and a half, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is it, could this be a 20, 20 to 13 game? 20 to yeah, 13? That's, that sounds about right. Like that. That sounds I right. can see it. Let me ask you this. Patrick Mahomes is 20 to one to win the MVP. I know he would have to have a great end of December, beginning of January, but 20 to one for a conference that hasn't settled their number one seed. It's not going to be the Chiefs, but if they're a number two seed and he just lights it up for like 12 touchdowns, one interception, we've seen him do it before, right? What yeah, well, they, look, they they could, I don't know, it, it could be all right, right? I mean, they definitely could potentially get the first seed, Sal, because I could see the Ravens slipping up. I yeah. mean, we already saw the Dolphins slip up, so they could get the them. first seed. Yeah. I think, you know, right now, though, it's a Dak and Purdy story. Yeah, I guess so. I don't mind that. All right, Rams, six and a half point favorite versus Washington. 50 and a half is the over-under. I've gotten smoke taking Washington this whole last month. Meanwhile, the Rams are making a playoff run here. I'm going to take the Rams minus the six and a half. Commanders 0-5 against the spread in their last five games played in December. Meanwhile, Rams 9-1 and over that stretch, or the last uh, 10 games at least played in December. It's a big number for McVay's team to lay, but Robot Ron has no answer for Aaron Donald, who is the number one pass rusher win rate-wise for a defensive tackle in the league. And Washington allowed 58 sacks. That's second in the league. That is a lot. 28-19. Give me those Rams. Uh, does that work for you? No, no. You're making me do more math here, but yeah, I got the over 50 and a half. Look, and like this Rams team has caught, caught fire recently, right? They're averaging 35 points per game over the last three. And look, they're healthy. And it's been a nice balance between run and pass. Kyron Williams has been a top back, maybe a top two or three back over the last couple of weeks. And now this Washington team, they're probably, they have to be the worst defense in the league, especially what we've seen recently, right? They gave up 45 in back-to-back games. They've given up 30 or more eight times this season. I mean, eight times. So they're not going to be able to stop this Rams team the way they're playing right now. I think they put up a lot of points. And then, you know, Washington, too, I think they can put up some points here. And I think this goes easily over the 50 and a half. You know, you might be right. Maybe the Rams over team total 28 yeah. is the way to go. That, it, I, the, I like that. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to worry about a backdoor cover that way. Uh, yep. I, I find I lose less. I wouldn't say I win more, but I lose less with the team totals. <laughs> All right. San Francisco, 12 and a half point favorite. They're at Arizona. 47 and a half is the over under. This went down from 13. 49 is just smoking teams. Doesn't even matter. Even if it takes them a minute to get rolling, they finally catch up or eventually catch up. Cardinals have been competitive and weren't too terrible actually the first time these two teams uh, met up. And now it's Kyle Murray. Uh, I'm going to go over 16 and a half team 
points here for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Drew Locke scored 16 last week versus the 49ers. The Cardinals scored 16 in San Francisco in October, and that was with Josh Dobbs. I think Kyler at home can make things a little interesting. They might not even cover, but 79 points in four games. That's almost 20 points a game since Kyler Murray returned. James Conner, 100-plus yards. Trey McBride, eight catches in the game before the bye. 30-20 looks good to me. I'm going to go over team total. What you got? Yeah, I'm taking the 49ers minus 12 and a half. Like, it's hard betting against this 49ers team, especially when they're healthy, right? They can strike so quickly. And even if this game is, like, tied in the third, right, they can easily put up back-to-back touchdowns. All of a sudden, they're up 14. You're like, what happened here? And, you know, they have blown – they have blowout wins in three straight – they have blown out, sorry, three straight teams on the road in Philly, Seattle, and Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. right? And the 49ers have also blown out the Cardinals in three straight. And I know those weren't without – without Murray but I think I think there's a lot of points here on the San Francisco side I I'll even say I think sounds like a 37 17 type of game you can get your I'll I'll give you your over 16 and a half here but thank you there's they're still gonna cover here it's scary going against the 49ers right now I only give a score because once a year it hits and I'm like aha you see what I did I picked 430 games and one of them was exactly (laughs) right so I think you picked one a couple last time you were on you picked an exact score didn't you? I did and I think it was the Panthers game I think it was but you know in the Panthers game you have like right you have to pick between one and 30 right (laughs) zero three seven there's not many there's not many exactly. (laughs) exactly all right this is the marquee matchup I think Buffalo home against Dallas the Bills are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's 50-and-a-half. I'm going to say this, Bri. I've said this on the Against the Odds podcast. The books have done a good job steering you into winning bets for games involving good teams. A, a couple weeks ago, like, why are the Niners three-and-a-half-point favorites at Philly when Philly has one loss? Well, the Niners then steamroll them. Um, why is KC only a one-point favorite versus Buffalo? KC had already lost in their home. Well, we saw Buffalo pretty much dominate about 80% of that game and held on and won. This feels like a similar deal. The Cowboys, you know, it's the better's favorite, better's darling. Usually you get a point just because it's the Cowboys and they're on the road, but getting a point, I don't know, after that performance last week, it's because the Bills are going to win this game. And I'm going to have a same game parlay later for you. So I'm going to probably contradict myself, but I'm taking the Bills minus one and a half here. I think it's going to be a one-score game. Spreads of three or less. Josh Allen, 19-11 against the number. Bills need it more. They have to keep winning. I think Dallas lets down a little. Still a close game, but I'm going to lay the one and a half, 28-23. What you got? Yeah, I'm laying the one and a half, too. And look, for some reason, I'm more excited about this game than any game this season, really? right? I guess it's because we don't see this matchup, and the fact yeah. that they're playing in Buffalo is great. And and look, you said it before. I think we've done a good job betting these teams recently based on how that line is, is going. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think this should be more of a pick'em. I know it came down to one and a half from two and a half, but I I still think it should be a pick'em. Even the Cowboys may be favored by one. But look, the Cowboys, aside from the 49ers, have have looked like the best team in football. But a lot of that has to do with favorable matchups. I I mean I do think they're great, but you, you have to say that anytime they played quality opponents on the road between the Eagles and the 49ers. They lost those two matchups here. I think it's something similar here. So Sal, we're backing Allen. I think Mm. he plays well and the Bills win this one 27 to 23. All right. Wow. Very close. Uh, I hope you're wrong. I hope I'm wrong. This is a rematch of my favorite game of all time, I think. Actually, the game six Mets Red Sox favorite 52-17 Cowboys Super Bowl second favorite. Not imagine. That was boring. 
I know. You don't have to worry for three minutes. All right. Uh, where are we? We're at Sunday night. We are Baltimore, three and a half point favorite, 43 and a half at Jacksonville. I got burned with the Ravens last week. They didn't look so great against the Rams. Uh, they need a return in overtime to win that one, a punt return. Jags didn't look so hot at Cleveland either, but I'm not trusting the Ravens laying points in this spot. I'm going Jacksonville. Taking the three and a half, a little more than a field goal. Trevor Lawrence, 4 0 against the spread as a night underdog. He's been interception free three of the last four versus top 10 defenses. Maybe a Tucker at the buzzer type game, 24 23. I'm going to take the three and a half. Oh, that's no good for you. Well, maybe. I didn't say who well, who's get got the, the 24. 24. Who's yeah, got the I don't 24? Know. I'll tell you later. But you're going over team total for the Ravens, right? Yeah, I like the over Ravens, 23 and a half. And I, I, I like the over for the game, even though I look, I will say this number is really low for the Ravens. But a lot of this must have to do with the the weather forecast, right? They're saying potential for showers. It's supposed to be a little bit windy because look at the Ravens, right? This team has put up 30 points or more in six of their last seven, right? Mm -hmm. And and you could say last week against the Rams, right? That was bad weather too anyway. And they still put up a ton against the Rams. And look, this Jacksonville defense has been terrible for two straight games here. Flacco and Browning, both went for over 300 yards, right? They could never get off the field, this defense here. You know, this is the third straight game against an AFC North opponent. I think Lamar has a big, <laughs> really big Sunday night here. So take the Ravens over 23 and a half. Again, really low. I, they're definitely factoring in weather here, but it's still too low for me. You don't think Flacco and Browning should thrive against any defense? Come on, bro. Have you been watching 2023 Amazing. football? Amazing. All right, I Philly, uh, this is Monday night at Seattle, three and a half point fair. There's a three and a half again. 47 and a half is the over-under. Uh, another one where I think it's too many points, but also how many games in a row is Philly going to lose here? Geno Smith, nine and three against the spread. Uh Drew Locke 2-0 against the spread in primetime if it ends up being they going that way. I'm going to stay away from the main number. Instead, focus on the team total. Again, Seattle over 22.5. The Eagles cannot get a stop, Bri. You brought it up. I know they played tough teams, but 109 points in three weeks. There's a problem there. 36 per game. And now against a team that absolutely has to win to keep their playoff hopes alive in front of the 12th man. I think this is a bargain getting the Seattle Seahawks over 22 and a half, but you like the, we can both win. You have the Eagles minus the points. Yeah, look, I think we, yeah, I think we can both win. I think we will both win. And, you know, you bring up a good point here. I I do like the over for, for the game. I like the over for Philly too. Maybe I should lean to the over for Philly, but I am taking Philly uh, minus three and a half here. And and like you said, look, what tough stretches for both of these teams, right? Mm -hmm. It's amazing what they both had to go through the gauntlet, but the Seahawks are coming off. The 49ers twice and the Cowboys. You know how hard it is to play after one game against the 49ers? They had to play them twice. So they've been beat up now for four straight weeks. I think I think this Eagles team finally gets back on track. And look, if Geno is playing, he's likely still banged up here. So I, I think you could say against that Cowboys, that Cowboys defense, the Eagles just made a few too many mistakes on offense there here. I think they get right and they cover the three and a half. All right, UCLA giving points to Boise. No, no, we're done. That's it. We did 15 <laughs> NFL games. That's wow. a lot. We got to... That's a lot. You're all right, right? We did it. Hey, you can follow Brother Bry on X at the Brother Bry. He's also still on MySpace. Bry, thanks again for being here. Long before Tommy DeVito, there was another New York Giants great lining up behind the center. This one has a Super Bowl MVP. Phil Sims joins us. That's next on Cousin Sal. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Very exciting times. Let's bring in our guest. He is a Super Bowl MVP with the New York Giants, 1986, after a near flawless performance. Looking at him now, his head of hair remains just as flawless. One of the all-time <laughs> greats, NFL on CBS analyst Phil Sims. Phil, thanks for being here. Good to talk to you, and I, I like what's behind you here. See a nice helmet. I see some trophies. Then I see cowboys. Okay. <laughs> I, got I have right. a lot going on. I'm a native New Yorker. Somehow uh, grew up rooting for the cowboys. But when you were in charge, it didn't. It wasn't even a contest. You beat us up uh, pretty good. It was only after you left that we had a chance. Yeah, right. I took some severe whippings from the cowboys early in my <laughs> career and late. I'm not sure if you heard this. I was driving to work the other day, but your former teammate Lawrence Taylor was on a radio show with Tom Brady. And uh, Jim Gray asked LT which quarterback, past or present, that he would want to sack if he had a chance to sack him. And guess what he had answered? Uh, I know what he answered. Me. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, me. He'd <laughs> always you. say, he'd run by me in practice. He goes, oh, my God, I just want to hit you one time. I said, yeah, but you can't. <laughs> oh, it was great. I thought the whole 20 minute lead up to what I was listening to was what LT would have done to Brady and Brady, you're lucky you didn't play with me. So I figured that was the easy answer. It's like, Oh no, Phil Sims is the answer. He talks so much coach wouldn't let us hit him, which makes sense. Of course. Yeah. But, of course. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. You must've loved that. You had that shield, right? That built in shield there. Oh yeah, man. We would laugh about it all the time. He just would run by me. Going, oh man, Sims. I go, yeah, I know, but it ain't going to happen. Big boy. And uh, every once in a while, it's been a couple of years since we've done it, but he always tells the crowd and everybody that he taught me really how to play quarterback. And I have to listen to that story all the time. He actually believes it. You know, you would just throw it down the field deep. You would think it was all. And I told you, you know, throw it short. Uh, I said, yeah, Lawrence, I remember that really. I don't remember any of that, but he takes credit for it. Any success I had. Well, you should take credit for him being uh, one of the all-time great pass rushers, honestly. Oh, uh, turn about his fair play, I think. And let's talk about your former team, the Giants. This Tommy right. DeVito. And he oh. was the punchline for the first three weeks. Everybody, what's this guy doing in the league? How did he even yeah. play for Syracuse? This and that. Then now he's the toast of the town. The cutaways to his family and his agent. By the way, that's not the same agent that got you money for the Disney World, right? Uh, no, it's not. no, different no. guy. Okay, yeah, he's a little but, different. Yeah. But how do you make sense of a Tommy DeVito? Like really, like now thriving. I don't want to jinx these guys because we know they could revert back to whatever, but he's out playing first round supposed franchise players. It went from kind of let's have fun about it to now it's turning real. Watching the game on TV, the crowd, they were into it right from the start. And it, you, know, you could see there was just something extra about the Giants. And I go, now Thibodeau's catching my, you know, that the play calling's good. Tommy DeVito's got energy. Oh, Jalen Hyatt's coming out. Oh, Robinson. All of a sudden, everybody looks better. And I got to tell you the truth. I wasn't even surprised that they went down and kicked the winning field goal. Yeah, they're talking about playoffs in the locker room. They're five and eight. And so in the NFC, anything really could happen. Do you think the tailgate outside of Giants Stadium with the family has anything to do with it? Did the Sims family ever have a big tailgate? 
Uh, no, no, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> My wife, is she, you know, has a laugh all the time. People talk. She goes, I spent 90% of my time standing in the bathroom going, Oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> I dropped a pass once against the San Diego chargers. We had to, I tossed it to somebody and I went out the other side and now there's not a guy within 20 yards of me. And the pass was thrown by Tony Galbraith. I can remember it. And for some reason I thought somebody was coming. So I jumped up to get the ball and I dropped it. And so the guy sitting next to my wife says, the SLB can't run, he can't throw, and now he can't catch. And my wife, she actually thought it was pretty funny. So we did go on to win the game, which makes it easier. But uh, they, I'm trying to think they showed that highlight on Inside the NFL, what, uh, 150 times over the years? Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can never live um, it down. Uh, everything we talked about leads me to think that the MVP should absolutely go to the quarterback. The quarterback is the most valuable position in football and maybe even all of sports. So people talk about Tyreek Hill and everybody else. Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy are the favorites right now on FanDuel. Do one of those two get your vote or somebody else? Well, right now, it would be hard for me to pick one of those two, um, you know, just because I think they're both playing well. And Dak Prescott, you know, I follow his career very closely. I saw him at Mississippi State many times. I'd watch him on Saturdays, and I don't even think it's close. This is the best I've seen him throw the football ever. And it's coming out of his hand good. He's got more power. He looks more limber. He's moving better. Uh, so, and and, and that's the other one. I got to give Mike McCarthy tons of credit. You know, he gets rid of Kellen Moore. And we see how that's going in out there in Los Angeles. But Mike McCarthy, oh, we're going to run the ball, run the ball as it went along. What is he now? Hell, it's the air raid. It's just give it to Dak and let's go. But I agree with you. I think he's gotten a lot of, you know, th this guy, Mike McCarthy, people just waiting for him to screw up and it hasn't happened. And meanwhile, all these other coaches week after week after week make curious decisions. So McCarthy may have moved up to, I, I think, top five or six, I think, in the league right now. And I don't want to do this to you, but Bill Simmons, my podcast partner, insisted yeah. I ask you from Guess the Line. I don't care. He insisted, you can ask me. Uh, he said, uh, again, you don't have to answer this, but were you at least 5% rooting against your teammate, Jeff Hostetler, in Super Bowl 25? No, not even 5%. Terrible question. See, I shouldn't have no, even No, it's asked. okay. It's no. okay. People right. ask me it all the time. I mean, yeah. I was at peace with all that before the Super Bowl because I knew I wasn't coming back when I got hurt. I broke my foot. And just tell Bill Simmons, I, I don't mind the question at all, but my right foot to this day still hurts from that injury I got against Buffalo during the regular season. I forgot who fell on the back. Leon Searcy, would that be the name? I think it was Leon Seals, not Leon Searcy that fell on your Leon foot. Leon Seals, yeah. Searcy was, yeah, he was an old lineman. I think he fell on the back of my foot, and I walked to the sideline, and Parcells goes, what? What's wrong? I said, I think I broke my foot. He goes, you didn't break your foot. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> the great Phil Sims. What a team oh. player. He's going to Disney World. You could check him out there, or you could check him out on the NFL on CBS, where every Sunday he'll give his fan duel picks. Phil, thanks for so much. This was uh, such a joy. Sal, thanks, man. A lot of good questions. You do a great job. I like the hat. You're an Oregon guy, too, huh? Well, my son goes there now, so I'm uh, oh. forced to wear the hat. I mean, for okay. you know, you know how much tuition is, so I, sh I should get a hat out of it, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know anymore. But oh, I got that's right. <laughs> I got grand grandchildren now, getting ready to go to college. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Uh, (laughs) Get that Disney World uh, endorsement back. It'll help a lot. (laughs) We'll be right back to wrap things up on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, we're back on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. I'm going to say goodbye in a minute. I know, it makes me sad too. But let me see you off with the same game parlay. It's a four-teamer, Dallas-Buffalo game. Let's take my boys, adjusted to plus seven and a half. C.D. Lamb to score a touchdown. He's only done that in five straight games. Josh Allen, 25 or more rushing yards. He's hit that in four of the last six. And the game to see 50 or more total points. Get you around four to one odds. A little extra holiday scratch, courtesy of FanDuel. That's going to do it. I want to thank two New York legends, Brother Bry and Phil Sims, for joining us today, as well as the Chargers' pitiful defense for allowing me to cash my Thursday night wager. And I want to remind everyone within the sound of my voice, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. Until next week, happy handicapping.